Well, good morning, Lighthouse. Good to see y'all here this morning. Glad you're here. Are you glad you're here? All right, good. Well, we're going to jump in here. I love that song that we sang, How Firm a Foundation. It is the perfect song for what we're going to be talking about this morning, How Firm a Foundation. Now, have you ever, have you ever built a house out of cards? Anybody here? House cards? Yeah, a lot of us have. I bet most of us have built a house out of a deck of cards, right? And you know as well as I do that one of the keys to a successful house of cards is the foundation, right? I mean, you know that if you're building it on a card table, more than likely you're going to have problems at some point, right? And I mean, you're like, you're, when you're building that house, the, after you get past about the third story of that house of cards, you start backing away, kind of putting cards on like this, right? Or, or you, you know you don't breathe too hard once you get past that fourth story of, of the house of cards because any, any like little bump of the table, any breath that's exhaled a little bit too hard, and you, that, you know that house of cards, it might, it's probably going to come down. And I would say that faith for some people is like that. That faith for some people is like that. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last uh, two or three years, and maybe you haven't noticed it, maybe this isn't in your orbit or whatever, but I kind of see these things because of what I do. But there, there have been a number of Christian leaders over the last, especially the last two, three years, there's been a number of different pastors even, and, and worship leaders, and, um, and um, people on YouTube, influencers, and stuff like that, ha- that have walked away from the faith. They've walked away from the faith. And, and as I've, I've, I've kind of looked, I've, I've done some reading, I've done some research on these, different, on these different people and why they've walked away from the faith. And for a number of them, for many of them, not, not all of them, but for many of them, the problem is that they're looking at the wrong person. They're looking at the wrong person. Time and again, these people are looking at the church. They're looking at the people inside the church. And I don't know if you knew this, but the church, whether you've been following Jesus for a hundred years, or you've been following Jesus for a week or an hour, you know, but the church is made up of sinners. Okay? The church is made up of sinners, and the problem for these people who are walking away from the faith is that that they are looking at the people who make up the church instead of looking at Jesus, who is the head of the church. And the problem that I notice is that these people are looking at the people who make up the church, and they're building their faith, catch this, they're building their faith on the creation rather than the creator. These people are building their faith, the foundation of their faith on sinners. They're building building it on people, on the creation rather than on the creator. 
And there is absolutely no doubt. I want you to hear me say this. There is absolutely no doubt whatsoever that the bride of Christ, the ecclesia, the body of Jesus, the church, there is absolutely no doubt that we've blown it. I mean, all, all you got to do is look at history from the early church, from the early church to the day today. We have made some gigantic mistakes. I mean, all you got to do is go to Acts 5, the early church in the very beginning in Acts 5. You read a story about this couple named Ananias and Sapphira. And now I'm not going to take the time to talk about the story. You go do the homework. Acts chapter 5, you read about Ananias and Sapphira. And from the very beginning, from the very beginning in the early church, there was, there was corruption. There were factions. There were misunderstandings. There, was, there were splits in the early church. And then you, you move forward throughout our history. In 1054, a time called the Great Schism occurred, where the church in Europe split in two because they couldn't agree with each other. And out of that came the, the, the Western Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church. And then you move ahead about 500 years to 1517, and another gigantic split happens as Martin Luther nails his 95 theses, make sure you enunciate that, okay? His 95 theses to the door in Wittenberg, effectively beginning the Reformation and the split of the church, the Catholic church and the Protestant church. And then on and on we go in the Crusades, raping and pillage and unspeakable things that happened in the name of God we do not have a great history in the church in some ways. In other ways, we have a tremendous history. But I'm going to tell you right now, there have been so many things that have been going on. But in spite of all the things that we just talked about, in spite of the schisms and the splits and the corruption in the church, throughout church history, there are very few people have, who have turned their back on the faith because something because of something another person did because of something another person did which brings us to today and as i mentioned over the last few years there have been a number of christian leaders authors musicians pastors who have just walked away from the faith I'm going to name a few, and some of them you may know. Some of you, like I said, may not even be in your radar, so you won't know these names. But people like Joshua Harris, who wrote like the epic bestseller, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. I mean, it was huge in the Christian world. Just a few years ago, walked away from the faith. You've got the, the lead singer of Hawk Nelson, John Steingard, Marty Simpson, who wrote songs for Hillsong. And even more recently, a couple of my favorite guys, YouTubers, um, Rhett and Link, announced that they have walked away from the faith. Rhett and Link have 16, I think it's around 16 million subscribers to their YouTube channel. Influential. Walked away from the faith. And there, and, and, and there are so many other people who have done, not, not, even, not even just famous people, 
I was reading, I was reading there was a, a professor who wrote an article in Newsweek magazine. And he was talking about how he was so, um, he was so basically offended by a politician so offended by the followers of this politician who, you know, claimed to be Christians and was so offended that it shook his faith, that it shook his faith. In fact, he wrote this. He said, my faith is in tatters because of that alliance. My faith is in tatters because of that alliance. I was reading about another, another author wrote this, uh, wrote this story, and she was talking about her journey away from the faith. And she talked about how what, part of what that journey included was the fact that she heard about these two pastors who were loudly arguing in, in an office right before they walked out on the stage to do Easter Sunday service. And, and, and that there was a church that she had visited that was trying to raise $40,000 for a parking lot when there were tons of people in Ghana where she had been in ministry that, that had nothing basically or something to that effect. Walked away from the faith. Walked away. Now, I, I want you to hear me extremely clearly. Please. I, I am not bagging on these people whatsoever. My prayer for them, my prayer for them is that they will come back to the faith. That they'll come back like the prodigal son. I am not here to judge them. That's not what we're talking about this morning. I'm not here to judge them. And you shouldn't be judging them either. What I'm here to talk about is why people would walk away from the faith based on another person or circumstance or situation. I mean, I totally get it. I totally understand that we've blown it as a church. I, I understand that, okay? Rhett McLaughlin Rhett McLaughlin the, uh, of Rhett and Link, he said this. He said, Christianity should be able to withstand investigation and inquiry. How many of you believe that? Christianity should be able to withstand investigation and inquiry. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. And fortunately for Christianity, it's been around 2,000 years and has been under tremendous scrutiny and investigation and inquiry. But the story's not about Rhett. It's not about Joshua Harris. It's not about that professor who wrote in Newsweek. That's not, that's, it's not about them. It's about why. I mean, I get it. I understand why some people would walk away from the church. I get it. I mean, just look at our history. Even just look at recent history. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are some Christians who have said some things and have done some things in the last year that are embarrassing to me as a follower of Jesus. Hmm? I mean, we, and, and I, if I can be really honest with you, I'm one of those people. I get why people might kind of say, I don't know if I, wanted, if I want to be a part of the church. But it's a whole other thing when you start saying, I'm going to walk away from the faith. I'm going to walk away from the faith because this person or this group of people or this church did something that, whoo, 
it just blew me away. It blew, I, I don't know how I can trust Jesus. Think about that for a second. Because of how this person acted or what this church did, I don't know if I can trust Jesus. I, I, that, that kind of blows me away. I, I want to share something with you this morning that is absolute, absolute truth. Absolute truth. Whether you're not walking with Jesus right now, maybe you're in a place where you're like, I'm not really sure I believe in the whole God thing. Okay, that's okay. You are welcome here. Whether you're in that position or you are, you have been following Jesus for decades, what I'm about to say is absolute truth. And I want you to hear this. Ready for this? Ready? The church, the church, the church cannot save you. You cannot be saved by the church. The people who make up the church, okay, me, the people who make up the church are not the way, the truth, and the life. I cannot provide your salvation. I did not die for you so that you could have eternal life. There's only one that did that. There's only one. It ain't me. And it isn't you. There's only one. And that is Jesus Christ. Jesus died for your sins and my sins. Jesus is the one who came to earth, God in the flesh. And as soon as we can confess, and as soon as we confess that Jesus is Lord, that we confess but I don't trust you for my salvation. Amen. I had a friend of mine who was a pastor. And, uh, and he was a pastor at a large church. And found out that he had carried on a, an affair for a long time. Lost respect. Lost his church, lost a lot, as well he should. Consequences. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Not one time, not one time did I ever question whether God loved me because of what that guy did. Not one time did I ever question God's goodness or God's holiness or God's righteousness. Not ever did I question God's redemptive plan for me and you in this world. Never questioned it because of the stupid thing that guy did. We're all sinners saved by grace. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Your salvation better not rest on me. Or you ain't getting in. It's Jesus. It's only Jesus. And it's only always been Jesus. And that, my friends, if our faith is built on anything other than that, if our faith is built on anything other than the foundation of Jesus, it becomes like that house of cards. And any wind that blows hard from our culture today, 
any question that I can't answer shakes the table and the fragile faith begins to come down. It begins to come down. And that, my friends, is why your faith has to be your faith. Not your mom's faith. Not your spouse's faith. Not your pastor's faith. Not a church's faith. But your faith has to be your faith. You have to do the work. Don't depend on me. I love it. We're, we're getting ready to do this new series in the book of Acts. I, I can't begin to tell you how excited I am right now that we jump into the book of Acts. And you want to know how long the series is going to be? It's not going to be four weeks or six weeks. I don't even know how long it's going to be because we're going to look and we're going to study through the book of Acts. But in Acts, I can't remember exactly where it is. It's like chapter 18 or 19 or something like that. It says that the church in Berea, in the Middle East, the church in Berea, after the apostle Paul would get done speaking, the people who belonged to the church in Berea would go and read the scriptures to make sure that Paul was telling the truth and not messing it up. You, as a follower of Jesus, have got to do the work. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, and you think there may be something to it, you've got to do the work. You've got to know why you believe what you believe. It's why the Apostle Paul would write this. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. Work out your faith with Fear and trembling, the Greek words there for fear and trembling actually mean awe and respect. Work out your salvation. Work out your faith with fear and trembling. Work it out. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Work out your faith. Work on it. Work on it. Faith is, is like any structure that is going to stand long-term. That kind of faith takes time, it takes planning, and it takes work. There's no shortcutting. There's no, there's no easy road. It takes work. Story about a guy who had been working for this... Uh, a home building company for decades. He's a great worker. And the owner of the company came to him and he said, Bob, listen, I got a special project I want you to work on for me. It's kind of a sod project. I need you to take care of this for me. It's important and special. All right? I want this, I, I, I want this house to be special. So here is your budget. And, I, and, and you, you, do, you, you do it. I trust you. And anything that's left over, you get to keep. You just put that in your pocket, okay? So I need you to do this project for me. And so the guy starts, Bob starts working on the project, working on this beautiful house, this beautiful, you know, uh, 
four-bedroom, four-bath, you know, 3,000-square-foot, three-stall garage, you know, on this beautiful plot of land. They, they, you know, they get the, they get the ba- basement dug out. They pour the concrete, start putting up the framing, and he's getting ready to order, you know, windows and doors and, and that kind of thing. And he starts thinking to himself, and he's like, you know what? I mean, I don't have to get, like, the dual-pane gas-filled, you know, dual-pane gas-filled windows, okay? I, I, I don't have to get the best. I can get, like, one or two notches down, and they're still going to be great. And I can save a little coin and put it in my pocket, right? So he gets, he doesn't get the best, but he gets good ones, right? And then, and then, uh, and then you know, they start putting in the carpeting in, and, and he's like, you know what? I, I know I could get really great carpeting, but, but you know what? There's all kinds of good carpeting. I don't have to get the best. I can get kind of, you know, a step or level two down, and, and nobody will know. Nobody's going to know. I'll just put it in there, and it'll be a great, beautiful house. Still going to be a great house. And I'll put a little coin in my pocket. You know, same thing with the roof. You know, I, I, I know I, I could get the best fire rating, 30 year. But listen, nobody's ever, it's going to look nice. It's going to look great. We'll just put it on. They'll get a good 25 years out of it. And they'll never know what kind of roofing I put on there. He's getting ready to, you know, put in the appliances. And, and you know, he's, he's thinking about uh, getting KitchenAid, LG, you know. Uh, I forget what those gigantic, you know, refrigerators that swing open. You can walk in, okay. And, and you know, he's, he's looking, he's like, I could get those. But nobody's ever going to know the difference. I'll get really good stuff. I'll save a little bit. Put a little coin in my pocket. Nobody will ever know. No one will ever know. Was it the, was it? Was it the best house? No. But it was a really good house. So the day came when, uh, you know, when, when the house was done, ready for occupancy. Owner comes out to the house. He looks at Bob. He's like, Bob, wow. You have really outdone yourself this time. It is a beautiful, beautiful house. And I want you to know I am so thankful for you. You have worked for our company for decades. You have been a faithful worker. And you've always done the best work. And because of your faithfulness and because of your hard work, I'm so thankful for you. Here's the keys. I want you to have this house. Unfortunately, I feel like that's how a lot of Christians in the United States are today. We take shortcuts. We don't put the time in to study. We don't have the prayer life that we need. You know, we don't study God's word. We don't don't immerse ourselves in prayer. And then we shudder. Our knees quiver. We start to get anxious when the culture around us begins to blow and put pressure on us. And we get nervous when we get questions that we can't answer in our faith. Because we haven't spent the time. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I, I'm not bagging on anybody here any more than I'm bagging on me. But it, it stands to question. The question that you and I have to ask ourselves is, what is my faith built on? What is my faith built on? And how much can my faith withstand? 
What is my faith built on? And how much can my faith withstand? Jesus summed it up when he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father, say those three words with me, except through me. Not through a politician, not through a political party, not through a denomination of a church, not through a pastor, not through a musician, not through an author, except through me. That's it, my friends. So God forbid something happened. What is your faith resting on? How sturdy is your faith? Can you withstand the winds of culture? Can you withstand the earthquakes of questions? Because if your faith is built on anything but Jesus, like those other people, again, not judging them whatsoever, but if our faith is not built on Jesus, it gets easy to walk away. So, three questions for you to ponder this week. And I know, it's kind of like, wow, where'd this come from? Listen, listen, listen. Next week, make sure you come back, because we're following this up. Three questions for you to talk about at lunch today or to, to ponder throughout the week. The first question is this, what is your faith built upon? What is your faith built upon? Second question, why do people base their faith in God on what they see in other people? And why is that dangerous? Why is that dangerous? Why do people base their faith in God on what they see in me, on what they see in people who call themselves Christians, who go to church? Okay, why do they base it on that? And why is that dangerous? And listen, I want you to come back next week. You got to come back next Sunday because we're not off the hook. Just because I stand here and say people who lose their faith based on what other people think or say or do doesn't mean that we as followers of Jesus are off the hook for the actions that we perform and the words that we say. We'll be held accountable. We're going to talk about that next week. Third question, what would you have to do to have an ironclad faith? What would you have to do to have an ironclad faith? Unshakable, unbreakable faith. Regardless of what you face, regardless of what happens, what comes and goes, what would you have? What's the first step that you need to do to begin building that ironclad faith? This morning, I love the songs that we were singing. In fact, if you would stand up with me, uh, we're going to close out here. But I love the songs that, that we've been singing this morning because they're all about this idea of only Jesus. And the last song that we're singing is, Build My Life. Build my life, Lord. Father, I do pray this morning for, for, for me and for us, for those of us who call Jesus our Lord and Savior. And God, I think about those times when my faith has been weak and I think about those times when I've faltered and Lord I am sorry for that but I am so thankful God 
that my faith does not rest upon human beings. It does not rest upon people who are faulty and frail. It rests on the solid rock of Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And then Jesus died on the cross for my sin and our sins. And then three days later, he rose again. And we have hope in the future if we live out our faith. Lord, I pray for those. I pray for those who have walked away. I pray for Rhett and Link, especially I just found out. I love those guys. They're so funny. And I pray for Joshua Harris. And I pray for, for that uh, professor who wrote in Newsweek. And I pray for others, God, who for whatever reason have walked away from the faith. And I pray, dear God, that they would remember your love. That they would remember what you have done for them. And they would return. And Father, I just pray I think of those words, on the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I pray, God, that we would stand on the rock of Jesus Christ and that you would build our lives in such a way that we don't shatter. We may bend, but we won't break. And we will reveal to a dying, hurting, angry, desperate world that the God of peace and love wants a relationship with them. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said...